Hello and welcome back to season three of XY with me, your host, Ewan Plater. For season three, we're going to do something a little bit different and we are going to hone in just on the fitness industry. So over the coming weeks, I am going to be interviewing a host of athletes, PTs and professionals from the space about how mental health plugs into what they do at work, at home or for fun. On today's episode, we have Toby Huntington-Whiteley, who apart from being a totally stand-up guy, is a world-class personal trainer and has just launched his own line of supplements, but I'll let him talk about those. We got into a whole bunch of different topics, from growing up to therapy to what it means to be a man, and um, I've never met Toby before uh, this Zoom interview, and I have to say I really enjoyed my chat with him. One caveat I will make is that me and Toby speak about becoming a personal trainer for quite a long time at the start of the interview. The reason I left that in is because that's a course that I'm going through at the moment, so it was super interesting for me to hear that from a professional in the space. That said, if you want to jump to about halfway through, then we get into much more of the mental health conversation. And at the end of the show, around 56, 57 minutes in, I even threatened to beat him up. So yeah, you can look forward to that. Without further ado, I'll let Toby take it from here. (laughs) Hello. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, not too shabby. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, perfect. I'm going to, um, I am recording by the way, just so you know, like that's already started. Oh, you've got all the gear. I'm just here with no mic. I know, right? I was going to say I look like Chris Moyles, but don't sweat it. Um, yeah, there you go. You can have the, you can have the brush. That can be your microphone. <laughs> How's it going anyway? Yeah, good. Thank you. You well? Yeah, I'm not too shabby, mate. It's been a good week. It's sunny here in Glasgow, which is always a bonus. Yeah. Um, been a mental week. I actually started um, my PT qualification this week, which is super exciting. Oh, cool. Yeah, man. That's really, I'm really looking forward to getting qualified. It's kind of 50%, um, 50% curiosity, 50% professional development. I think it could be like a cool way to thicken out the nice start brand with actual like training and stuff. Yeah. Um, and kind of 50% boredom, which is 150%, I guess. Um, you can't really have three of those. But anyway... That's good that we started on that conversation because you're obviously super passionate about that. And the first thing that I did want to discuss with you was, yeah, how did you, Toby, become a PT? Like, what what led you to wanting to do that job? Okay, so I never ever thought about kind of becoming a personal trainer um, until becoming a personal trainer. Um, I didn't just turn up. You know. <laughs> I could do this. <laughs> No, so to give you a little bit of background, I've always, I, well, I always played sports since an early age. I'm from the West Country, and in the West Country, rugby is much more popular than football. Mm-hmm. I suppose kind of south of southern UK is kind of a bit more rugby orientated than football. Yeah. So I always played rugby since an early age, up until I was like 18. But I also dabbled in other sports, if it was tennis, cricket. Well, swimming, I swam for a bit, you know. So talented. Bits, bits of, but never any good. Like, never any good. <laughs> the, the only thing I was reasonably good at was was rugby. You know, I was in the at school, you know, I was in the first team and I you know, played for the, you get to an age where you go, you go under, it's like always under eight, you start the under, I started under sixes and then you go under sevens all the way up to under 16s. Mm-hmm. And then before, in between the under 16s and the like the senior teams is what they call the Colts. 
and I was playing for the Tavi Colts, which is kind of it, it's sixth form years. Kind of. So not quite yet a man, but you're not you're not really a boy anymore. So it's that kind of middle kind of ground. Yeah. Um, so I played for them, and I was in the first team for that. Um, and then yes, yeah, so I did my sixth form, and then between sixth form and university, I um I did the classic thing, went travelling. But I went to I went to Africa for six months, and I was pretty much just living off rice and beans. Um, the majority of it so I came back and I was kind of you know Rick then there's more meat on a butcher's pencil you know yeah. so for I the benefit back. of the tape Toby is holding up a big pen to the camera yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to say that being like yeah. Martin Comston you know like be that guy that's like for the benefit yeah. of the tape anyway yeah. carry on yeah so um so I came back and that's it and then I was like oh let's you know, then I went to university. I was like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll join, join the rugby team. Yeah. Um, and you kind of go to the rugby team and you meet the players and you're like, oh, dear. They're all huge, right? They haven't, they, they, in the time I was away, I lost probably 10 kilos. These guys have put on like 10, 20 kilos. And I'm, like, I'm just, and I'm six foot four, nearly six foot five, right? So I'm just going to get snapped in half, like okay. snapped in half. So I, um, so I was like, well, what do I do? I need to play a sport. I've always needed to, you know. So I started getting into gym and then kind of, uh, weird, I think it was my mum. She said, oh, why, don't you try, why don't you try rowing? And I never, never even really heard of rowing as a sport. You know, you watch the Olympics every four years. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, how do you get into that? Yeah, yeah how do you get into that? So like, so the, the university I was at has a rowing team. And the good thing about university rowing is they have like, if you rowed before, you go into what they call just the, the seniors or whatever. But if you haven't rowed before, they have a novice team. So okay. you're then put in a boat with seven other people that have never even held an oar before and don't have a clue what rowing is. So it was actually quite fun because you're then starting, weirdly, a sport from scratch with a load of other people that have never done it before. Yeah, so that's fun. You have people from a rugby background or a football background or whatever, all all kind of athletes, kind of background, sporting background. But it was quite fun. And because you all started at the beginning, you then create quite a strong bond. Yeah. Um, and because it's a very kind of you, the great thing about rowing and also probably the hardest thing about rowing is that you, you, you have all got to be in sync, right? Mm-hmm. And if one person is out of sync, the boat will literally will capsize. So you've really got to be in sync. You're, it's, uh, it's a team sport, but it's a team sport on another level. You can't have a bad day. Mm. You know, in, in rugby, if you're having an off day or if you make a foul or you make a mistake, it doesn't matter. 30 seconds later, you can kind of fix it. If you make one mistake when you're rowing, that's it. The race is over. You're never going to catch another boat up or whatever. So it was really, really exciting. Anyway, so I rowed there, did pretty well, university. And then once I left university, I moved to London and... Um, tried to do an office job. I did a geography degree, I should say that. That's what I did. So I went, went into kind of, uh, started working in an architectural practice, mm. but had an environmentally friendly kind of building department. So they were designing or refitting buildings in London to make them more sustainable. And a, a lot of my geography degree was on sustainable. Oh, cool. Sustainability. Um, so before it was even really cool, I was already kind of... Yeah, the head of the curve, mate. I was always interested in that. So it was kind of like, it was environmental management and sustainability was my kind of degree as such, but it was all job. Yeah. Um, I did that and I hated it. Right. I hated it. I sat on a desk for eight, 10, 
12 hours a day occasionally, you know, not all the time. But then, and funnily enough, it was 2020, it was 2012. So it was the Summer Olympics in London. And I was, so you, you, you can see it now. Like, so I was working on a laptop like this. And you know, when you're on Zoom, you have the little screen, you can see yourself. Yeah. On Zoom. Instead of that, it was, I had the BBC app. So I had my work on and I had the little BBC app watching sport for the whole of the summer and like mm-hmm. being distracted and whatever. So then, and that, and I just kept on thinking to myself, I was like, those guys and girls are out there and they're doing what they love. And I'm here doing a job that I don't really enjoy. I'd look up and I'd see everyone else there. And like, this is not my passion. You've got people that are in like their forties, their fifties, their sixties. And I'm like, am I going to be sat not at this desk? But I'm just going to be sat at a desk now. And I was mm-hmm. 20, 21, 22 until I retire at the age of whatever, if I'm yeah. lucky. And I was like, nah, I've got to get out of this, you know, mm. I'm kind of restless kind of person. So yeah, then I went and did my, uh, that, that, that's it. So then I was like, well, what do I do? Always done sport, always loved sport. I was offered a, uh, I spoke to my rowing coach beforehand. He said, oh, why don't you come back and help me? Why don't you train, train the novices? Mm-hmm. And that would then take me back out of London. And I was like, I don't really want to, I've just got here. I don't want to go back. And I'm like, what else do I do? And then he was like, oh, we could put you in touch with rowing clubs. But I was like, I don't really know anyone there. I don't really want to go back into rowing. I kind of, it was quite good to close that chapter. Mm-hmm. Started and finished at university. So I chatted to a lot of people. I was also, I was then going to the gym quite a bit. I was enjoying that. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I just, why don't I just start here? Why don't I just start PTing and see if I enjoy it? So I did the course. Um, enjoyed it you know you're going through the process you come out of it and you're like a little bit like kind of lost and then you know I got a job at a hotel in London I was working in the gym there and I was kind of taken under the wing of kind of one of the guys there uh Lee Mullins um who I now now is his own gym still in Mm. the same hotel he's still there um and he kind of looked after me and he was kind of a mentor and I fell in love with it because it was really kind of educating people and kind of changing people's not to say it too corny but you're really changing people's lives maybe minute but they all come they come to the gym and they obviously come to a pt for a reason i want to lose weight i want to do this i want to do that and you can really teach people and get them from a to b or wherever they want to be and it's and it was incredibly rewarding and i never really thought oh, i'm going to be a pt for the rest of my life maybe i'll just find something else but it evolved into my passion the deeper i got into it the further i educated myself about training or nutrition, the more and more I got kind of interested in it. And it was more, the interest I had was being able to absorb the information I had and then to be able to give it. Mm. So it wasn't like, oh, I need to teach people all the muscles in the body. It's like, well, how can I teach people about the muscles without giving them a name? How can I teach people how to lose weight without getting too scientific and teach it so anyone could really understand? And I think that's one of the, skills that I've kind of acquired is to be able to just educate people and and in a way that they don't feel like they're being kind of lectured or educated they're just generally just on this kind of journey and suddenly you're just changing their lifestyle just a little bit of making healthy habit changes so that's yeah so that's how I kind of got amazing so the the teaching's like a big huh that's a long story no mate that's perfect that's exactly what I was looking for was a yeah. a big old digest of how you got into yeah. it you're super passionate about it which is obviously like it's great for me to hear yeah. somebody that's um doing it now but 
yeah, it's like, it's exciting to speak to somebody who's excited about what it is they do. And weirdly, I can completely relate to your point about 2012, because that was my first year working in London as well. And I can remember there was just like a buzz in the city with it being the Summer Olympics and and it was all just kicking off, wasn't it? And yeah, sitting with like a tab open on a computer or the iPhone with the iPlayer going, trying to keep up with everything that was going. And the rowing was big um, in 2012, I remember that. Obviously, I went and that was the one sport I was able to watch and the one sport I did get tickets to and that was just outside London. But I'd never... My university was just outside Bristol. I lived in Bristol. So it kind of had that city buzz. I'm from the countryside. But coming to London... And I literally moved 2020 to the buzz and the mm. energy. Because I know a lot of people left, you know, a big up role, people love it. But that the buzz in this in London was kind of amazing and really addictive and really kind of like just, yeah. just wow, this is incredible. So there was a real kind of I was never experienced anything like that. Yeah, I mean moving to London some some buzz, because like it sounds corny, but I remember the first time I moved to London. I was like just blown away by um, even just like the tube and working in like a big office. And like now it's just sounds stupid to say that because you get so used to it and you adapt to like living in the big smoke. But at the time it just felt like, fuck, like this is like some yeah. big city, you know, it's moving fast. It's cool. Yeah. You see, so you used to like dial back a bit when you, you said kind of like the day job didn't suit you. Yeah. That's like such a recurring theme on the show for people that have either stepped into that day job and then left because it didn't suit them yeah. or people that are still in it and they find work to be like a really stressful thing. It contributes to like um, negative sides of the mental health in a whole bunch of ways. Like yeah. how, like how did you step out of that? Because that's, you know, like that's a risk. Like how do you just, how do you just decide, you know what, like this, this good career that I'm on in a good sector at a good company yeah. i'm just gonna yeah. par that and and chase well, my own thing it didn't feel didn't sit with me i think it just didn't feel right me kind of i remember when i was so i didn't move to london straight away i was living just outside of london so you'd have to and i didn't have to wear a suit and tie we had to get ready had to look reasonably smart and i was coming from buckinghamshire so i used to get the train from high wickham to Paddington. was it paddington to paddington you get out of Paddington and you're like a swarm of people. Mm. Hit the tube at Paddington, have to change at Oxford Circus, which is a circus, literally at kind of 7 30, 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and, then get, and then get off at Victoria. And then I used to, so I was hitting like three major hotspots of just people. And you're, and you know, a little bit, you know, wet around the ears or whatever, like coming into London, I was like, yeah. Bloody by that and that, that buzz which was cool but yeah you lost puppy to start with and yeah when I started working I was excited because I was in London and I was doing stuff but then one I didn't fully feel passionate about what I was doing two it didn't sit with me and then the biggest thing was me looking around well yeah I mentioned the Olympics seeing other people doing what they really wanted and then sitting around and looking at other people and no offense to, to the people that were in the job and they loved it and you could some of them you could see it was their passion, but some of them you could tell it wasn't their passion and they were just, you know, mm-hmm. just going through it. And I was like, I can't do this. I cannot, yeah. I cannot sit down at a desk for you know what? passions, passion's the word, because on this show and series one and two, I had like a whole bunch of people on who've um some work very ordinary jobs, some work jobs that um I would regard as famous jobs you know like they they, they've got a lot of public attention and 
before doing this show and certainly before starting my career in London I had a perception that you would be happier if you operated in that circle and the connection is just not there there's so many people who live in the public eye that are not passionate about what they do so there's no point in going into it if you're not passionate about it like you really need to want to be a tv presenter or want to be um a creator of content on instagram or whatever an actor whatever it is a musician you need to love it because if you don't it will destroy you um and that's super super visible to me now but i guess yeah the same just applies to people working an office job if you don't love showing up to work every day then it'll just break you yeah and it does it you know some people find passion not necessarily what the job is but what the job gives them if it Mm. is financial security or if it's that nine till five or I don't need any job nine till five now but you know that clock in clock out you have the weekends and then there's that able to then facilitate their passion if it's surfing on the weekend or whatever so you don't necessarily I don't you know your job doesn't have to be the passion but your job has to facilitate some of some sort of passion has to unlock something if it is just you know you're really money you're really money driven or you really want to be your own boss or whatever but like yeah I think that's so true as well because there's so much it's become like the done thing now on Instagram. Like it's cool to be mentally stable and it's cool to be um passionate about what you do. Um in a way that people almost like flex with it. So yeah, if I'm on if I'm scrolling if if I am someone that has a job that I don't particularly love, but it, as you say, it facilitates me going surfing every weekend and it facilitates me doing whatever I want on a Tuesday night with my mates, blah, blah, blah. That's chill. Totally cool. Like if, yeah. if you're happy. But you could very easily become convinced that you're supposed to want to be disruptive yeah. and an entrepreneur and you're supposed to yeah. hack the system and mix it up. And then all of a sudden you feel like you're not accomplishing because you're, you're, you've not got a side hustle. You you aren't like monetizing your hobby and that's fucking unhealthy. Like we don't yeah. need to turn everything into, I don't know. No, there's, this, there's this huge thing, isn't it? Like, you know, got to have a side hustle. You've got to have that. Well, like your side hustle is spending time with your kids. Like yeah. <laughs> that's your side hustle. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? You don't yeah. necessarily need to be getting, it sounds stupid. You don't necessarily need to be getting paid to do your side hustle. Like if you had a side hustle, and you get home from work from at six o'clock and you've got a side hustle to 10 o'clock and you have kids. Like, when are you spending time with your children? Yeah. And, you, and some people some people that have that side hustle are like, yeah, but I'm doing this for my children. And that's cool. If that sits with them comfortably, yeah. that's absolutely cool. But people that want to be that kind of person that's always there, and I'm not saying people that have a side hustle aren't present parents or whatever, but people uh-huh. who want to spend a lot of time with their kids – then that's different. It doesn't have to be kids. It could be, like I said, it could be surfing or, or cycling or whatever, mm. painting, you know? Like you don't need to, yeah. don't need to become playing the piano. Like you don't necessarily have to be, your side hustle doesn't necessarily have to make you a millionaire. You could just do little- you just like it. Just like it. Or if it's cooking, you're getting your friends around and doing supper clubs or whatever. Yeah. You know, and they, I've got and- friends that, I think like that's been a huge thing for me is try to step away from everything needing to be something that I improve at or get better at or okay like now I know how to play guitar how do I make this work for me like how does how does this make me money or make me famous or should I record something like I, I never just have hobbies because I want to I don't know enjoy like I would never garden I'd be like well no obviously like unless I'm going to get a channel four show like redoing gardens there's no point in me learning how to be a gardener yeah. And I have this like weird jealousy of people who can just like quite comfortably, I don't know, like learn to paint 
quite well yeah. not really well just quite yeah. well because they enjoy it and I'm like why it almost annoys me because I just <laughs> I would love to be like that um yeah. and I spent a lot of time working on that to be honest of like right I'm just going to pick up a hobby but I do it every time I pick something up and I need to go Pete Tong on it 100% and then I fuck myself off with it and I'm like no this is back back yeah. to square one yeah it's like, like my dad you know his his passion outside of his work is his vegetable garden and you go to his vegetable garden and it is Brilliant. <laughs> un- unbelievable. Like there's not a weed in the in the soil. Like the grass is perfectly cut. Like all the sticks are like perfectly level. Yeah. You know, and you go and everything's perfectly in line and you just like, wow. And he spends, you know, as a kid, I remember we used to go up to the garden, go up to the vegetable garden and spend time with him because that's where he was. He'd listen to the football on the, <laughs> the radio or the cricket on the radio in the summer. And that's, that's what he would do. And he doesn't we'll make any, in the vegetable garden. Yeah. And he doesn't make any money from that, but what he can do is, you know, in the evening we're eating his vegetables. Right. And, and the, the pleasure he gets in that, if it's around the kitchen table, like shelling peas or shelling broad beans and then eating them. Like there's something quite magical about that. And the broad, they're the most expensive broad beans in the world, you yeah. know, but, they're like just amazing yeah yeah i'm trying to imagine this amazing garden i've got like a kind of a dickensian secret garden vibe in my head no no it's not it's not like it's not like that but it's like it's like pretty cool yeah it's pretty decent yeah um okay sick i guess one thing i did want to touch on was with your clients i see it much more and more that wellness is the done thing within the fitness industry you know it's not just about health it's about mental health and again, it sometimes feels like you've got a lot of pressure to be okay all the time. Like, be, like if you're not mentally stable, if you're not mentally strong, then you've somehow failed. And the objective is to always be like on point 100% of the time. Yeah. Which is kind of in its own way a pressure that people shouldn't yeah. have to put up with because it's, it's cool to be broken sometimes. But how does that come into play with like, your work and your clients? Like, how do you play the physical with the mental and how do you kind of let people feel like they're succeeding but you know like what what's the yeah so so for training wise you know one of my mentors said he said you've got to give them what they need and what they want Mm. so you've got to somehow in that session give them what they need if it is like okay they've, they've got really all they want to do is abs, right? And they just want to get ripped six back and that's all they want to do. So you're like, okay, then you give them that so they feel good. But you've also seen that actually they're lacking a little bit of mobility here and here. And just for some general health, we need to be working these mm-hmm. other joints or these other muscles and some other mobility. So you've got to kind of combine it. And you can do that. It's saying, some people say, look, I'm going to give you what you want, but you've got to give me something what what you need as well. And mm-hmm. we work. That. or you just secretly get it in there without them even knowing right you're just like yeah this is great for your abs and like oh great and then suddenly but it'll just later down the line they'll just like, oh i feel so good i feel so free and you're like yeah great well done you've done you've done a brilliant job absolutely and you know i don't take any i don't take any kind of you yeah. know, it's not me at the end of the day all i'm doing is guiding someone um and then kind of kind of that failure or people always failing or always struggling, like the gym is the place to fail, right? You, you, the whole idea, let's just talk about the gym. The whole idea of the gym is you've got to, you know, if you're, if you're building, if you're building muscle, right, you've got to break down your muscle, you know, when you or make micro tears for that, that muscle to then rebuild 
and get stronger. You know, you don't get stronger in the gym. You actually get stronger when you're resting, when mm -hmm. you sleep. That's when your muscles repair. So then when you go back to the gym, you're stronger than the time before. But when you go to the gym and then an hour later, you're weaker that hour later than you were when you first walked in. So you don't get stronger in the gym. You're depleting everything. So that's the first thing is like failure is part of training. Yeah. And you've got to kind of, in, you've got to get used to that. Um, you've got to get comfortable in that discomfort if you really want to push yourself. And there's nothing, and that's it, there's nothing wrong if you've got to get from A to B, you, you're going to have to go through it. But I think one of the biggest things and where people, it, it affects people most kind of mentally is when it comes down to nutrition. And it always comes down to if people are trying to, it's usually more often than not, as when people are trying to lose weight and they just get really kind of down in the dumps mm -hmm. to it. And it's really, really difficult. And kind of the first thing is, you know, you kind of you 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 kind of try and lay it out to them and say, right, you know, if someone comes in and says, I want to I want to lose X amount of weight by this date, and I'm like, whoa, 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 okay, then first of all, what's on that date? Why is that date so important? And if it's a wedding or if it's a holiday or whatever, it's like, okay, then that's that's something that's unmovable, right? You 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 want to look that shape, so okay, we will work towards that, and then it's like. Well, why do you want to lose that amount of weight mm -hmm. to get that? And it's like, oh, well, at that last time I was at that weight, I felt great. I was like, okay, so actually it's not what you look like, it's how you felt. Mm -hmm. So what we're actually going to get you to is feeling great. And if it is that weight, brilliant. But if it's beforehand, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, and then it's managing, it's managing that. And then it's okay, then, right, you want to lose 10 kilos. Let's just call it 10 kilos. No, I don't want to use 10 kilos. I want you to lose one kilo. And it's breaking it right down and making it as simple as you can for that person. You kind of say, look, a healthy way to lose weight is between, you know, this is what I always say, is kind of between a quarter to half a kilo a week. That's okay. a good, steady, sustainable amount you can lose. Yeah, you can lose less. Absolutely fine. And you can lose, you know, I've had clients that have lost two kilos in a week. And that's absolutely fine as well. But giving them kind of this is a good goal and it's quite sustainable and it's quite achievable that quarter to half a kilo a week mm -hmm. um, if you're in, you know, a decent calorie deficit and you and you will get there. And it's like, okay, then let's lose that first kilo. How do you feel? Good. Do you want to lose more? Yes. Okay, let's go up to that. Let's work to that. Let's work to that. And it's also setting other goals as well between then and now. So, okay, what else do you want to do? You don't just want to lose weight. Do you want to do pull-ups? Do you want to learn how to do a a deadlift yep. probably how would you feel like that and you, you work in that um do you know what's dead interesting is actually like i'd never kind of framed it in the sense in my head anyway that the gyms where you go to get weaker and then you actually get stronger at home because from like the mental health point of view as well i think one of the biggest things that there's this kind of misconception about say going to therapy or speaking to a counselor that actually that's going to help whereas feels bloody shit coming out of a therapy session a lot of the time yeah. you should be broken yeah, by it, it. but you feel better down the line yeah. and i've never kind of considered that the comparison is i don't know like really visible because yeah like what you say about the gym i'm like well yeah obviously like after you work out you've tired your muscles created micro tears need to grow back stronger yeah. so yeah you've got weaker in the gym not stronger but actually you put this kind of impetus on the or even just talking about your problems to someone to immediately alleviate the anxiety or stress when sometimes opening that box makes you feel a whole lot worse yeah. but you said what was it about getting comfortable with the discomfort is the long term yeah yeah, yeah. but that's it you know 
uh, I don't mind saying I, I had therapy for six to six to eight months. Maybe I, I had it. Um, and yeah, you kind of, my expectation was, oh, this person's going to fix me, blah, 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 blah. And you suddenly realize that it's, it's just a safe place mm-hmm. where you're talking to a stranger and there is, you know, the whole point is there's no judgments. And then what I found is that, you know, I've seen this amazing, amazing lady and she just gave me tools mm-hmm. to deal with it. So it was kind of, it was very similar to a gym kind of session yeah. that you were breaking, you're breaking yourself down. You've came out of it and more often than not, you feel shit or you feel overwhelmed or you feel like even more lost. Yeah. But it, that, that you sleep on it and the next day you're like, oh, okay then, right. Let's work on this. Let's work on that. Let's look at that in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, same. Yeah, then- like, I think I've been through two therapists already. I want my third. Love my current one. She's absolutely amazing. Um, well, we've done like eight weeks as well, probably at this point, yeah. six weeks. And same thing. Like I went into that almost demanding it to be like a fix. Like I was like, yeah. no, I'm going to speak to this person. And over 10 weeks, each week, the conversation, I will feel a 10th better until I'm 100% against because yeah. that is what I'm paying you for. <laughs> come on like I tracked down the best person I could find for the job so let's make this happen no not it and it's so disappointing like but worth it yeah yeah it's the but you still yeah yeah and I'm not saying personal trainers is is therapists you 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 do feel like a therapist sometimes it's very strange (laughs) that being a PT you know especially some clients I was seeing you know three four four five times a week and you know that person is having is talking to you more than they talk to someone else, maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than than a friend or something like that. Like, how often do you see your friend? You know, you don't see your friend for for four or five hours a week on, yeah. on separate times, and it's kind of and getting that it's intimate. You know, it's intimate. It does become very kind of very kind of intimate. You know, people start sharing stuff that you're like, oh, okay, then, and because because. I made a real effort not to share myself mm-hmm. and not try to compare myself to them or not say, Oh, I went through this or I went through that. Of course, certain things. But the last thing someone wants is when they come to PT is that personal trainer banging on about how bad their life is or how great their life is or what they did on the weekend. <laughs> not so, you. It is, yeah. so it is kind of like a, it's a one way kind of conversation. You are there yeah. just to support and just a guide. So it does. It, sometimes you do feel, you know, not, not really giving advice, but there is that therapeutic yeah, side. Yeah. That's super interesting. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that comes. Because for me, I've always found myself to be at my happiest when I'm achieving something um, physically, right? So like, I'm, I'm by no means the most hench guy in any room. I'm by no means the fastest or strongest guy in any room. But setting myself a challenge and then working really hard to achieve it is yeah. is when I feel most mentally in control because it's 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 a sense of accomplishment yeah it's about the effort you put in for example not last year because last year was obviously a write-off but the year before that I did that white collar boxing club thing yeah where, like I trained for 12 weeks and then had a, an amateur boxing match and it was the a the best shape I've ever been in in my life like yeah fighting fit is the fittest um but there was just such a sense of accomplishment at the end of um at the end of the fight you know like getting in the ring going three rounds with someone 
you come out feeling like, fuck, like I just did that. I just taught myself a new skill or got taught a new skill, yeah. trained like hell and came out the other side of it on top. Like that was, felt fucking great, you know? You yeah. box, don't you? Yeah, I did, and I did, I did, a, I did a white, I've done one fight, I did one white collar fight, trained for 12 weeks as well. Cool. And um, yeah, but I teach boxing as well. But yeah, completely, I completely get that. The, the training up to it was amazing. The fight, is, the fight itself was probably the most horrendous thing I've ever done in my life. Uh-huh. Like nothing. It all the training. I trained. I trained hard. Like I did lots of spot outside of the kind of the, the normal. They they kind of put on their own training. But because I was in a boxing gym, I grabbed people to do pads or whatever. And it was the most horrendous. And I thought I was the fittest I've ever been. I go into that ring thirty seconds in, and I'm just like blown out of my ass. Oh, and, I, and I remember like getting to the corner after the first round. It's two minutes. Even think about it now, it's like pathetic. And I just look at my look at my coach then, and I'm just like, what the. Fuck? fuck is going on yeah what the fuck is like like ding ding I'm like where the hell was that minute and then you're like chuck back in and you know the only good thing about it was that my arm was lifted at the end right and <laughs> and i won i was like that's amazing but the actual fight itself is mess it's horrible and it's a mess like i'm not a fighter right? i'm not a fighter at all i'm very placid i'm very passive i'm so happy you said that because to be honest like i was the same my hand got lifted at the end it got um i won on stoppage 10 seconds before the end of the third oh, round brilliant. Well done. yeah yeah but if it had gone to points like i went down in the first round so if it had gone to uh, points i'm pretty sure that the other guy would have um yeah. won it so it was just a mess when i watched the video back like in my head i looked like Apollo Creed, you know, like, yeah. or like Michael B. Jordan in Creed 2. Like I was moving fast, I was ducking and weaving. And then you actually watch the footage and it just must be a combination of like the first time you've done it, you're stressed, you're nervous, yeah. there's loads of people, you're getting punched and you just look like this stocky, I don't know, you just look yeah. fucking shit. It oh, yeah, it's, it's I wanted amazing. to post the video. I was so excited about getting the video through so that I could post yeah. it and look like yeah. top dog. And then I was like, no, that's... I had to post it, but my coach did a brilliant job at editing all the good bits in there and put like a soundtrack to it. So it looked, it looked great. Yeah. Um, I posted some nice photos um, yeah. where I'm looking like I'm pretty lethal, but the actual video itself uh, did not look lethal. It looked, um, it was quite, it was, it was quite and the, the funniest part of it. And I, and I always felt a bit bad is that I can't remember which round, I think it was round two or something like that. And, and you don't, you still don't really know the, don't really know kind of the rules of when you, when you come in together yeah. And the ref splits you. Yeah. Went to fight again. Yeah. And the ref just split ref just split us and took a step back. And I was ready. And I just went boom and hit this guy straight away. Like hooked him bang in the cheek. And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, oh. I was like, oh, sorry, but I was like, you know, I'm ready to fight. And that's like, I punch I like them. Oh, shit. And then I kind of I was then told, go to the corner, go to the corner. I don't think I was. I don't think I was deducted points for it, but I was given a stern warning. I was like, don't, don't do that. And I was like, oh, all right. And then I was like, came back into it. But I think so, quite, my thing though, is that like, funny. I'm not, I'm the same as you. Like I'm not a fighter at all. Like I'm just so not an, a violent guy or an aggressive guy. So actually the whole process of getting into that headspace when you're in the ring and roughing someone up was yeah. so weird for me. Cause like I've, I never throw punches. Like I'm not that dude. Like I don't, it's just, like I'm a cheeky wee shite. Like I'm more likely to like be really rude to you 
than yeah. I am to ever throw a punch. You know, like I'll argue with you all day long, but it was such a bizarre feeling like coming out the ring and having just like fought with someone. I was like, what the fuck? Like, who am I? Like, it felt so alien, you know? It's the strangest thing. You're, you're in a ring and there's a guy opposite you whose sole job is to hit you as hard as they can in the face. Mm-hmm. And it's your job to protect yourself, but then also try and hit that other person as hard as you can yeah. in the face. And there's something that's just not really natural about that unless there's a real reason, because there's no real reason. So you've got to find that in your head. And I remember kind of, and I don't know if it was kind of my sporting background or, and, and you know, I never say I was at high level, but I had some great coaches and, and treated us as high level coaches. And, you know, we get there really, really early and I was kind of talking and then I'd just take myself away and I really had to kind of, wasn't like hyping myself up, wasn't that guy like screaming or whatever. I had to just get into the zone. I went through like a real nice long mobility stuff. I was just sipping my fluids all the time. I did a little bit of pad work with my coach and I got myself in the zone, like fully in the zone. And I had to be, I was no longer happy Toby. I was like, angry need, <laughs> need, need to kill this guy toby and i remember like and i purposely chose this kind of like rock song for my for my ring walk and like and i thought you know i'm gonna play psychological games and all this kind of stuff so, that, so the song the song came on and like i let it play for about 20 seconds and i was and i made and it was, it's odd things but like i requested to come on second mm-hmm. i requested that i wasn't the first fight, I was in the middle of the fight. So all kind of stuff that I thought would benefit me, I would just talk to kind of the team, the, the guys that are organizing it and say, how can I, how can I make little advantages? Like, okay, let's yeah. get myself into the middle of the in the middle of all the fights. Let's make sure I walk out second. Mm-hmm. You know, strange stuff. There was kind of um, I think the guy was in red and I was in black. I was like, I want to be in black, right? So let me let me wear black, all this kind of stuff. Get this, and the song, and my song started playing. I was like, I'm going to wait. I'm just going to wait and let the song play, let the song play, let the song play. Make him wait, let, make him wait. And then after like, yeah, 10, 15 seconds, then I started walking in. Cool. It was all these, it was all this kind of like, and I'm not like, a, I'm not a hard man or whatever, but I just wanted just to have to that try, edge. try and have an edge, even if that edge was just completely just in my head. Mm-hmm. It didn't affect. It probably didn't affect him at all. He probably couldn't give a fucking shit what my song was or whatever. It affected you, like it got it affected you. me. It affected me. It felt like I had the upper hand. So it was, yeah. That's cool. It was weird. It was weird I'm feeling like gas. Like I'm yeah. feeling like I want to get back yeah. in the ring all of a sudden. I want to do some pads? You know. Yeah. Go fight someone. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. I am taking up so much of your time, but I definitely wanted to chat to you about. Um, hw labs because i've seen loads of people posting about it on instagram i'm really excited yeah. to try it myself um and from what i understand it's the first time that you've launched a product so yes. i'd love to hear about you know like, why did you launch it what's in it um like what what yeah. kind of supplement is it you know so i kind of got the backstory ever since becoming a personal trainer i've always wanted typical that side hustle, you know, what we were talking about beforehand. I wanted that side hustle. I wanted that side thing. I wanted to be able to, you know, lay a bed thinking something else is going on and I'm not doing anything, like make money when I'm sleeping or whatever. And, you know, supplement, typical, you know, stereotypical PT, you know, I want a gym and I want my own supplement company. And they're still dreams and they're, and they're still going to happen and one of them has happened. 
So for years, I kind of always wanted that and never really put time and effort into it until lockdown. And as horrendous as COVID is, there was silver lining it to me. There was a blessing in there um, because it gave me time to, you know, the gyms were closed. I couldn't work. Mm -hmm. couldn't do my normal thing. So I could really focus on stuff that I wanted to do. So it was a real blessing in disguise, that first lockdown. Um, and I worked on it and I kind of really thought I did the research, did the market research, like what, what could I do? How yeah. could I kind of market it, et cetera. So I didn't want to, because of the way I teach, I'm not, yeah, I'm not that kind of gym rat, gym monkey kind of looking guy. I wanted it to be a more of a health and wellness supplement. Yeah, I wanted it to make sure that it was, you know, I had kind of, I put three, three kind of mission, not mission statements, I'm not sure this is my poor kind of marketing skills, but I wanted three kind of aims for the, for the company and three, and it had to be three different sustainability kind of things. So it had to be as environmentally sustainable as I could, as um, financially sustainable. So I didn't want it to be crazy expensive, yeah. you know, I wanted it to be affordable and then the third one is it had to be sustainable in someone's life. So it had to be easy to take mm. and something that people can get used to and become, become a habit because, you know, I'm not sure if you're anything like me or talking to and figuring out market research is that you go to wherever you buy these supplements, you do it for a week or you do it for two weeks, you stop taking it for one day and then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's me hundred percent. all over. And it's because, it, and I'm not sure if it's because it's a pill and it's like a medicine or whatever. So I was like, well, how can we make it easier? and make it easier like pills a lot of people need water to have pills mm -hmm. or they find it difficult to swallow they don't taste pretty nice don't taste pretty well so you're like like difficult you know if it's a powder or something you put in water you need water to have it you know if it's one of those fizzy tablets or, or a protein shake you can't just have that in your bag and you know put it down your throat or whatever so you know we came to the came to the conclusion because it's myself and my girlfriend that do it we came to the conclusion that kind of gummies is the best yeah, way to kind of go forwards and yes gummies have a little bit of sugar in but they're sustainable they taste great you're getting that kind of you're getting 100% of all the vitamins you know mm -hmm. with my property 100% of what I says in there um, so that was kind of that and then you know on the sustainability side you know I've kind of carbon offset pretty much everything um, so which is great which is really easy anyone that has a company please just like do it it's really easy you'll find these websites yeah and just offset it. if you're on shopify you can kind of go through shopify and do it as well um and then i try to make the product environmentally friendly unfortunately the bottle is plastic but it's recyclable um you can and to kind of offset offset some of your own carbon i've attached kind of a it's like plant a tree. So every time you purchase my gummies, you can you can add 72 or I think 72 or 73p and you planted a tree. Yeah, I saw that. Just, That's a really nice touch. Nice it's check it's it. just, you know, you don't have to do it. It's not, you know, you don't have to do it. But if you want to, you just click on and you do it. And it, you, it's just something that, because I wanted people to kind of feel like they are, you know, not just doing something for themselves, but something for the, for the wider kind of mm. idea. Um, but yeah, so I come to so I came to a gummy idea, and because I wanted to be health, a kind of health kind of wise, not just fitness. So we decided to do hair, skin, and nails. Cool. Um, and that was because, you know, it sounds a bit strange, but weirdly, because you know, 
I suppose still am in the fashion industry and I, you know, I modeled quite a bit that people would come up to me. My clients would ask me and say, well, what do you do for your hair? What do you do for your, to get clear skin? Hey. And I'd be like, well, you know, I eat well and I do take, I've always taken supplements. So, you know, I never, I never precisely took, I'm taking this for my hair, skin and nails. But then I went into research and I said, well, that's a common question. Mm-hmm. People ask me, so let's give them exactly that. And when people ask, I did do a little bit of research, you know, certain vitamins are great. Um, so then we kind of, the formula I made is kind of targeting to support your hair, skin and nails. So that's why we came to hair, skin and nails. Yeah. Amazing. That makes a lot of sense to be honest. And I guess it's coming from a place of, you know, it works because those are the things that worked for you and you yeah. kind of bottled them up. And I agree, like there is a thing about, well, you could say that taking a pill is really easy, but actually... It is those little hurdles that prevent people from yeah. forming lasting habits. Is like if I do yeah. need to go get some water, I'm like, I'll just do it later, and then I don't do it, and then before yeah. you know it, like I've not had my ZNA or my vitamin D, yeah. or whatever the fuck it is, in a week, and I'm like, well, fuck it, like <laughs> forget it. And it's and you know, and I and I say you don't need supplements, right? This is the worst bit of marketing. You do not need supplements, right? <laughs> you can get. All your all your vitamins, all your nutrients, all your minerals from a healthy diet. But what a supplement does is it takes the guesswork away and it makes it a little bit easier. Like you don't need a protein shake, but what a protein shake does is you know exactly how many grams of protein you get. For my supplement, you know you're getting all your B vitamins, your B vitamin, your D, your we've got A, B, C, D, and E in there. Then we've got biotin, selenium. Um, and zinc as well so you're getting all of that it's 100 percent or more um it just takes that guesswork away and you're like okay i've got it i've got it and i think there's a huge power of kind of taking it and you just get that reassurance you know okay then cool and we and the the feedback i've had has has been amazing you know um just literally just just have my hair cut here and the hair just came over and then I gave him a bottle because we really, I wanted to kind of give it to him and see how it took. And him and his girlfriend are taking it. And he said, yeah, his hair, his hair started to grow more. And then his girlfriend, he said, no way. she said her, her hair started to grow like super quick. Right. I'm on this right now. So, you can't wait. You are good at marketing. You're saying you're not yeah, good at marketing. And then it's, it's odd. And then, but it affects different people. Another person took them and said, yeah, my, she had eczema and her skin started to clear up. So because your the vitamins will obviously just help what you mm-hmm. need that that support with. So if your skin needs a little bit of support, that's what's going to help. If your if your nails need a little bit of support, your nails going to. If your hair doesn't need it, it's yeah. probably not going to target it. You. You've, you've got all the nutrients going to your hair, but weirdly, maybe what you're taking there is going to help your nails. It's going to help your skin. So, or if you need a little bit of help everywhere, perfect. Can help you there. Um, yes, yeah, so okay. it's great. It's really really good. Well, yeah, definitely. people can check it out. Just hwlabs.com or. Uh, it's hwlabs.store. Dot store, sick. And I'll put the link in the bio of the show. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go check it out. Okay, fab. Yeah. Well, the kind of last thing I wanted to touch on actually was not so much a question for you as it is for the universe, but we've we've had a, a really good chat, I would say. Kind of spoken about therapy, we've spoken about yeah. you know, like uni, jobs, side hustles, all that kind of stuff. That's relatively rare for guys to do. And knowing that suicide is the biggest killer of young men, like why, why do you think that, that men find it so hard to open up or like address problems? Or what is it in society that's kind of holding, holding guys back? 
well, it's, I'm sure every guest you have probably says it, but it's that boys who got to be men, right? And, yeah. you know, and I, th- I really think it is that, you know, I remember being at school, you know, stop crying, boys don't cry. Yeah. You know, it's that, it's that like, you've got to be hard. You've got to, you've got to gosh, you can't show, you can't show emotion, yeah. you know. You can't laugh too much. You can't be too happy. You can't be sad. You can't be crying. You know, you just got to be this mood. And that really affected me. And that was one of the reasons that kind of I did go to therapy is because I really struggled to express myself. I'd keep everything, I'd keep everything in and hold it. And then either just kind of, you know, I'd never be like crazy, but then let everything go. And then whoever I was having that argument with, it'd be like, well, where's that coming from? Because Mm -hmm. you just hold, 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 hold. And then that release would come it's like you know sh- shaking a bottle of coke and then open the lid it's like boom yeah. you know we're, we're told to kind of absorb as much as we can yeah. um so and i think that i think that's it and i think you know there's been that whole thing is also men don't share with other men you know yes. you know you go down to you know when do you ever talk to talk about your emotions to your mates you know you, you know you're down to the pub or you're going down when you're younger, when you go to the club, the last thing on mind is your feelings. You, you know, you're at, you, you're trying to find whatever, trying to get as pissed as you can, or, or trying to find someone to get off with, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not just, really the focus of the night. It's kind of not, a skip. Not really, it's not really the focus. And, and men don't, men aren't very good at just sitting around and talking. No. Right. They've always got to be doing something. You either go, oh, let's go play. You know, even even if it's just me and a mate. It's like, oh, well, let's go do something together. Let's go. You know play tennis or let's go you know whatever or if it's a group let's you know i used to play poker with my mates a lot or let's go have a kick around or has to be an activity you can't just make sense be an activity for weirdly for men to kind of talk (laughs) to each other it seems odd because i think men get incredibly awkward when there's a silence but if you're doing something it's okay to all be silent if you're playing poker yeah you know what i mean and you have really manly hobbies like playing poker and shit like whereas i was going to say i'm much better at opening up if I'm playing like Call of Duty or like yeah. like when I'm on a headset with my mates that's when I can yeah because I don't know like we're doing something else it doesn't feel like yeah welcome to my TED talk about my fucking brain yeah. like like it's, it seems a bit easier or when I'm going running like I've got a mate that I run with um a lot yeah. and that's really cathartic because there's something about yeah I don't know like there's something about running you don't really feel like you're lingering in the conversation you actually do I guess you're physically moving forward you kind of feel like you can just chat and then not talk I think you're not you're not you're not facing each other yeah there's something you have to look at they always say if you have a hard discussion you have something hard to go for a walk because when you're when you're walking with someone you're not looking at their face and they don't feel like they're being ignored because you're not looking them in their eyes because they've got to go somewhere else. So I always think if you, if you do want to talk about something, go for a walk, go for a run, because you don't have to face that person. And it's not uncomfortable not facing that person because you are walking or you are running. Or you're How interesting. You're there. But I think there is, there is something about that. Like, you know, or, you know, or sit, weirdly go for a walk and sit on a bench. Do you know what I mean? And, and you know, you, you don't have to then be facing each other. You yeah. Can, yeah. Yeah. Out and it's, you're there, you can you can share your 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 expressions aren't being looked at. You don't feel as um mm-hmm. that's the word I'm looking for. You don't feel as kind of you're not as conscious about how you feel. Um so yeah, but the why yeah, it, it's shocking that it's the biggest killer. I, I always I found it kind of absolutely kind of just crazy that that's it. And I remember we went to Mr. Porter. I think the first time I really realized is I went to a Mr. Porter event mm-hmm. um, a few years ago. 
and they and they partner up with I can't remember awful really bad I can't remember the charity but it was all about kind of men's health and they came up with these facts and you just sat there you're like whoa this is this is really kind of like a you know I don't want to jump on it but it's kind of it's it's a slight kind of weird pandemic of kind of men's men's mental health yeah um like there's a suicide every 40 minutes in the UK that's and that's that's attempted or that's full suicide Full suicide, as in that's happened, you know, like somebody's taken their own life. And that's, do you know what really, um, it was, I've said it before in this show, but like it was the the way that you describe suicide can be really powerful because yeah. knowing that suicide is the biggest killer of young men, that means that I'm the most dangerous thing in the world to myself. Yeah. Not like a disease or like a bus, like myself, which is. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's kind of a, a really horrible way of, kind of yeah it's like a weird one to quantify right you're like you're right like you're more you're more likely to kill yourself than get hit by a bus or anything yeah like it's an odd one it's 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 very um it's very sad and from someone that kind of you know i've never had i've never had suicidal thoughts or i've never had kind of like really really dark moments but i did have kind of you know, I did go see a therapist and it did help. And mm-hmm. you know, the one thing I can recommend anything, it sounds really stupid, but it is just talking. It's so stupid. And if it is, it really is worth it. You know, you can find a good therapist and it's kind of, if you see them once every two weeks, it's like less than two coffees a day. Do you want know, to over yeah. those two weeks or whatever? If you, can, if you can afford to, you know, go out on the weekend and spend 80, 100 quid on a night out, like just... Don't do that for don't do that for a week, and you can, yeah. and, you, and you can afford a, you can afford a therapist. Um, Going's you know. the hardest bit, I think. Like starting's the yeah. toughest bit. Once you've started, it is just like anything else. You know, it's like, yeah. Like, that first, like writing that eating fine. It was really it was, it's, it's really weird as well. It's, it's not. I don't know. Maybe you know. It's really difficult to find. Yeah, I agree. No, it's really difficult to find. Like, what must Google? Like, no one talks about. Oh, I see a therapist. I do this. I do that. So, if you do have a therapist, talk about it because then it makes it, it normalizes it completely. And I think that's really what the Americans do. Great, right? Everyone in America, not everyone, but the therapist in America is like having a car, right? It's, it's just <laughs> part of the parcel. But I think it's. I think it's really. I think it's really good. And the reason I stopped having a therapist was not because I'd, I'd finished, but for financial reasons, mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of stopped. And I felt, and I felt in a position that, okay, I've got enough tools, but if yeah. I was in a, if I was in a position where I could have a therapist every week, I probably, I probably would have a therapist, but I kind of said, right, I'm going to give myself this amount of time. I'm going to be like, like straight. Focused on it for a period of time. Focused on it. And then, okay, then, and yeah, could I see, could I still see a therapist now? Yeah, I could, but I just wanted to, but I would have to make some sort of, sacrifices yeah. and you felt like you got to where you wanted to get I was willing and I was willing to do it then and I'm just not I don't feel like I need one now the, the only reason I'd have a therapist now is just because just just to chat and just to see if I can improve on yeah. something I, I feel in good yeah but it's really I find it really really difficult to find one yeah no really, I, you really hit the nail on the head there it's not something that I've ever spoken about in the show but actually finding a therapist finding somebody to talk to a, the resources available are a mess. And then even when you find someone, it is kind of like awkward first dates. Like not every therapist is going to be for you. And you might have yeah. to like kiss a couple of frogs, yeah. use that analogy, yeah. before you find someone that... You know. And it's, it's really, really odd because you'd go there and, you know, she would say, oh, 
how are you? And I'm, oh, I'm great. And I'm like, oh, how are you? And she would just go, I'm fine. And that'd be it. And you're like, and it's really, it's because, and because I think it's because of my nature of my job. I'd always be inquisitive. I've always been quite a curious person asking questions and you just get, yeah, I'm fine. So tell me about your week. And it's that constant, you're, you're like, yeah. you've been put back all the time. You're like, okay, but this is really, the, it's really uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable to start. But if you get over that, you're not really, you're not going to get anything out of the therapist. You know, there's no point asking, oh, what did you get off to do on the weekend? It's like, oh, what did you get on the weekend? It was a good weekend. Fine, no. thanks. It's fine, yeah. thanks. Anyway, and it's like really odd. But yeah, so how did That's I find so my therapist? How did I find my therapist? Well, sadly, one of my friends did attempt suicide. Um, he's right here, that. He's absolutely, he's absolutely fine now. Um, but uh, yeah, he he attempted, um, and yeah, quite 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 bad. Not like the attempt wasn't quite bad, but well, any attempt is quite bad. But then it unlocked a lot, and he had to go to you know he went to he stayed at a time at a you know at a mental health kind of clinic or hospital. I'm not sure the, the correct terminology for that. Mm-hmm. And then he was kind of a day day patient for a while. Uh, but he had a he had a lot to kind of talk about. So I did ask I did ask him, and even and even him, he he kind of pointed me pointed me to a few kind of places. Um, and I did find one, did find one eventually. Um, well, yeah, yeah, I guess like where to start is if we could all just talk a little bit more about the process that we've gone through. And anyone yeah. listening to this, then actually that's a great place to start is talk to a friend. Yeah, see if they've got any advice. Yeah. Well, yeah. Toby, man, th- thank you so much for A, being so honest, B, being so entertaining, and I guess like <laughs> selfishly get me mega motivated about this course that I'm doing. I'm super psyched. Yeah. If, yeah if, you, you know, if you need any help with anything, you know, if you just, anything, let, let me know. I'll give you yeah, a shout. Once yeah. you get in the ring, I'll fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> you <fuck me> up. <laughs> I'm only brave enough to say that on Zoom and know that you're in Paris and I'm in Glasgow. <laughs> so there, I, I'll never have to follow it. <laughs> Amazing. We're definitely not fighters having jokes like that. You can just tell, can't you? Like, yes, anyone, anyone that's listening to this, like that, fights. I'm sorry, we're not representing your sport very well yeah, here. Yeah. I'll fuck you up, mate. <laughs> you want some? Do you want some of this? Right, yeah. mate. Well, I wish you a lovely Friday night. I don't know what you, you guys do. are getting up to, but have a good one. Um, and yeah, we'll speak soon, buddy. Great. Thank you very much. Cheers, Cheers. See you later. Bye bye.